It's time to sit back, relax, and listen to Conversations with Joan. Conversations with Joan will inspire, motivate, and empower you. Live your best life now. Listen, learn, think, and decide. And now, here's your host, Joan Herman. Welcome to Change Your Attitude, Change Your Life's Conversations with Joan. I'm Joan Herman. Thanks for tuning in. Conversations with Joan focuses on topics that are important to your life, from health and wellness to professional development to personal well-being. Changemakers join me to share their insights, tips, and strategies so you can thrive and live your best life now. Thank you for taking time for yourself, and thank you for letting us be a part of your life. Now, let's start talking. The fast pace of today's world is creating a silent epidemic that's impacting our physical and emotional well-being. According to today's guest, Dr. Paul Knapper, our accelerated lifestyles, always on technology, and ever-increasing job demands have created a tsunami of overwhelm and anxiety. Dr. Knapper warns that we've lost our agency, which is the ability to deal with stress and act as an effective agent for ourselves. Dr. Knapper leads a management psychology practice and is a co-author of the book, The Power of Agency, The Seven Principles to Conquer Obstacles, Make Effective Decisions, and Create a Life on Your Own Terms. Welcome, Dr. Knapper. Thank you so much for joining us. Well, thanks for having me. So, Doctor, this is really a, a very important topic because it's been reported that two of every three Americans say that they are extremely or somewhat anxious. How is the way that we're living today impacting our well-being? Well, as everybody knows, we live in a, a much faster-paced society than we did 20 years ago, and it continues to accelerate. So whether you're in business and trying to adapt to changing uh, customer demands or you are simply um, working from your home, people are aware that things are moving much, much faster. We are expected to be available uh, to communicate almost instantaneously most hours of the day and night, and there's information simply coming at us at all hours. So one strength of our culture as Americans is we, we say yes to new things. So, you know, we embrace the new and, and for the most part, that's worked well for us. However, in today's culture, too much of a good thing is, is sometimes not a good thing. And people are, as you said, simply experiencing overwhelm on a, on a much more frequent basis than is healthy and, and optimal. So I started doing this work. I work with uh, business leaders in Fortune 500 companies and some smaller companies as well. Um, and you know, when I first started doing this work 20 years ago, I rarely heard people saying to me, I'm overwhelmed. I'm overwhelmed by what I'm facing. I'm overwhelmed by the demands being placed on me. Uh, today, I hear it every day. So we started thinking about what, what is going on here and what is the effect of all this anxiety and overwhelm on people. And what we found is it's compromising people's capacity to make good decisions for themselves, to, to make healthier choices and, and to make um, decisions that create the lives they want they most want to create. So that's where agency comes in because agency is a, re a very robust concept and it essentially is about the human capacity to make choices, uh, to, to make a decision regardless of, of your circumstances. And I think what a lot of people feel today is that they don't have uh, the ability to choose, uh, the freedom to fully to choose. So many people feel constrained in making choices and again with the heightened anxiety and overwhelm, you know, there's a lot of fear that drives their decision making. So 
so you see a lot of people just <clears throat> silently suffering um, these days. It's really how can we as human beings make the best choices in our lives despite the fact that everything has sped up so much and we're so overstimulated. We're all just trying to create lives that are meaningful and healthy and happy for ourselves. Um, and uh, that's really under threat today. So, Doctor, when we're experiencing all of this anxiety and overwhelm and we're feeling trapped and we're living in fear and, and doing all of the things that you just described and we're trying to ignore the way we're feeling because of the very feelings we're having, why is that a bad idea? What happens to us when we try to stuff it or ignore it? Well, it, it doesn't get better. Obviously, it gets worse. And I think what a lot of people, I notice this in business <clears throat> quite a bit. Many of my clients in business, um, these are strong people um, who uh, try to gut it out and you know just grind through it. But what I found is that when people aren't being honest about what they're actually facing and, and dealing with, and, and they don't address it, they just postpone the inevitable. So I start seeing physical health um, deteriorating in clients who ignore it. They they're, they're, they become depressed over time if, if they ignore it for too long. So I think it's, 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 it's a good time to just honestly face, how is my life going? Um, and agency, personal agency, begins with that, that capacity to take a step back, take a brief time out, and reflect on where you find yourself, and, and honestly assess, how is my life going? How am I feeling about this? How am I feeling about my work? How am I feeling about my family life? How am I feeling about where, we, where I live? Um, and, you know, really doing that kind of uh, check-in and being honest about the answer, and then, and then finding some people to talk about it with, you know, finding a trusted um, loved one, counselor, or co-worker or whomever it is and just being honest and, and I see a lot of executives doing that these days and these are these are very high achieving people and they they are opening up and saying you know I I'm overwhelmed I'm overwhelmed by what's on my plate and how do how do I address this what do I do about it so I think that that's the the bottom line I took your online test at powerofagency.com and I fell in the middle ground when it comes to controlling stimuli that I expose myself to. And, and to be honest, I would agree with that. You write about a high agency person. What does that person look like and what does he or she do differently? Great question. Um, first, um, in terms of you, your score on the control stimuli subtest um, uh, in, our, in our test, you did better than most people. Most people are doing, you know, really struggle with that. And controlling stimuli is, is, is the place that we start with people who want to gain a higher level of agency in their lives. Um, because what you allow into your mind largely determines how you feel. It determines how you think. And so when people do a better job of, of being aware of how much stimulation they allow into their lives, and we're talking primarily digital stimulation here, and when they make choices about how to limit that or, or get the optimal amount of stimulation, um, they do better. They feel better and they think better. So you're ahead of the game, Joan, because most people from our research really are, are not doing a, a great job at, at managing and controlling the amount of stimulation they expose themselves to in, in the course of, of an average day. So what does a high agency person look like? Well, you know, first of all, agency is situational. So 
what what my level of agency is, how how I feel in terms of you know my own level of personal agency is going to vary somewhat depending on the situation. But a, a person who who feels a high level of of personal agency feels grounded, feels uh, centered. Uh, feels that they um, have options. They, they they feel a sense of what we call a high internal locus of control, as opposed to an external locus of control. And those are you know psychological terms that refer to how a person feels about themselves in the world. A high locus of control or, or internal locus of control rather means that I feel like I have the capacity to make this decisions in my life and act on the environment that I'm a part of. A person with external locus of control feels like the environment really has the upper hand and the external environment is largely dictating uh, what I'm able to do and the choices I'm able to make. So high lo- a person with high agency feels like most all the time they do have a, an internal locus of control. They, have an, they always have the capacity to make a choice in regardless of the situation sometimes they may you know so the choices may be somewhat limited they may not be always the best your easiest choices but there's always a choice and what i found what we found in our research is that more and more people are feeling constrained in terms of what's available to them in terms of the choices they can make in their lives they, they in other words they feel carried they feel like they're being carried along um, by life, by by the the external environment, and so what we want to remind people of is, hey, you do have you you always have this thing we call agency within you. It's your capacity to reflect on your situation and make a choice. And we forget that sometimes we get so caught up in the moment, and particularly when we're overwhelmed, we we lose track of that. So the book is really designed to help people, you know, gain hold of that again and build it, you know, to a higher higher level so that they actually are making you know, healthier choices each each and every day. Doctor, where does our agency come from? Is it from the subconscious programming that uh, you know, of everything we've experienced throughout our life? Is it something that's innate? It's a great question, and 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 a, and a pretty deep one, um, actually. I mean, you know, we noticed that among children, right, young children, they almost seem programmed, right? They they come into the world, they they want to learn, they want to uh, grow, uh, they want to be able to to walk and and talk, and do all kinds of things, but. They also um, need to be taught. They need to learn from from other people, and so we can say that there is an innate human capacity for agency, uh, which again is this capacity to make good rational choices in in one's life. Um, but it does need to be developed. So. In other words, um, you know, how we think as human beings has a lot to do with our level of agency in our lives. It has a lot to do with the, the kind of lives we end up creating for ourselves. So agency does need to be developed, but there's an innate human desire for agency. We all want to feel like we're captains of our of our own ships, that we can, you know, sail through any kind of uh, sea and, and navigate our lives in, in a healthy, positive way. So there is this innate human desire uh, for agency. And agency feels good. When we exercise personal agency in our lives, it, 
feels good. We feel like we've uh, we've we're we're part of something. We're engaged. We feel a, a sense of personal power. We feel a sense of confidence in our in our ability to to make good decisions. Um, and so you know, and that's really what has to be developed is is the capacity to form good social relationships with other people, a capacity to manage our emotions and beliefs, and our capacity to, to think both um, you know, intuitively and to think more logically and analytically. And so what's interesting, the agency is never taught really specifically to students, for example, um, but you know, it is taught in, more indirectly because at the end of the day, our success as people depends on our capacity to adapt, our, uh, to adapt to change, of course. And as change accelerates around us, agency becomes a really critical part of the equation because without it, we're not going to be able to effectively adapt um, to to the environment around us, and that's where we see a lot of people falling, you know, falling down um, is is right there, and that's why we're seeing such elevated uh, levels of anxiety. As you said earlier, Joan, you know, 20% of Americans uh, carry around a a clinical diagnosis of of anxiety disorder. 20%. It's an enormous number, and there are many, many millions more who are just undiagnosed, who who really are are, are operating with you know, extremely high levels of anxiety each and every day. And that's debilitating and it's no fun. And it also compromises their ability to make good choices and to navigate their lives, you know, in in a healthier way. Doctor, can you explain a feedback loop and how it relates to agency? Yeah, this gets into something that's quite important because agency, which is Another another way of describing it is our, our capacity to be effective agents for ourselves, or you know, to connect with our power, our internal power. It, it largely depends on socially who we're connected to. So when we are connected to and expose ourselves to other people who are healthy, who are positive, people who whom we can learn from, people who might challenge us to think differently. Uh, at, at times, um, our level of agency increases. If if we surround ourselves with people who give us messages that we're not we're not enough, we're not good enough, uh, um, or that we um, are incapable, or we're unattractive, or any of those kinds of negative sort of you get into a negative feedback loop, it really starts to affect how someone sees themselves, and it affects their le- it ultimately can affect their level of agency, and what we see today is we're exposed to so many messages now. Um, you know, it's, we're living in uncharted territory. Um, many people don't realize that because it's sort of like that frog in the boiling pot of water. The water just gets, gets hotter and hotter on the stove and, and, the, and the frog doesn't, you know, just notices it just slowly getting warmer. But it's all of a sudden when it gets super hot that the frog is extremely uncomfortable and want, you know wants to jump out of the pot. And it's kind of like that's where we are as a society. I think people are just starting to get more aware of the kinds of messages that they're receiving and, and the effects of those messaging. So the negative feedback loop that you refer to is when people take in a message. And, you know, if, if they're receiving a negative message or a message they're interpreting negatively, over time, that negative feedback loop gets worse and they're apt to spread that. So, so that person is apt to um, feel badly about themselves and they may, in their next interaction with another person, spread that negativity to that other person. So 
when it comes to anxiety, one of the things we, we, we like to stress to people that's really a critical thing to understand is anxiety is socially contagious. So if I'm extremely anxious, you're going to pick up on it and you're going to start feeling anxiety as well. So we do spread anxiety around. We also spread other feelings around as well. I think a lot of times people aren't aware of that and they, they may not be aware of the messaging too, that especially you know younger folks who spend a lot of time on social media report, you know, feeling in some ways less than a lot. They, they look at the lives that are portrayed on social media, these idealized lives, and they compare themselves to, to, to what they see, the images, which of course aren't entirely real, and they feel badly about themselves. So, so there's, a lot of, there's a lot of messaging out there today that people need to be more critical consumers of and, and frankly need to move away from, move away from messaging that makes people feel um, less important or less powerful or less attractive. It's, it's just simply not a good idea to expose yourself to, to that type of stuff. You know, I, I couldn't agree with you more because I actually went through that with social media when I went through some personal life challenges. And I started to realize that what everyone is showing is what I call their A-roll. You know, it's the A-game, but that's not everyday life. And I love one of your recommendations where you say to limit the time you spend on social media. It casts you in the role of a passive bystander in other people's lives, not as a director of your own life. Spend more time in your own life. And I think that that is such fantastic advice to spend more time in our own life. Absolutely. And, and spend time in real relationships, uh, you know, relationships in real time and relationships that are that are helpful to you that, again, allow you to to grow and learn and experience yourself in new ways. Because I think that's the other thing about social media is, you know, it generates a lot of feelings in people, but it, 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 it's, it's a, it is more passive. And, you know, it's unlike a, um, a real relationship in real time where you, you actually can see the person, you develop good social skills because you're, you're, you know, you're engaging with that other person. And we've, we we're finding in, in, in many uh, work situations that you know, younger folks who have been on social media a lot to, to the point where they've excluded or limited the amount of real-time connectedness, real-time social relationships, that they show up in the workplace and their social skills aren't well-developed. So they struggle, right? They struggle with how to uh, work in a collaborative way with, you know, with a, a wide range of different people. And, you know, they really have to uh, embark on kind of a remedial education, a catch-up, as it were, um, because their their social skills have not developed. It's, you know, so it's a very, you know, social media is, is, is absolutely fine. But as you said, we, we liken it to, you know, having some potato chips, right? You know, we wouldn't ever sit down with 10 bags, large bags of potato chips and just just continue eating and eating until we we can't eat anymore. We're saying it's a useful thing to have a a portion of of potato chips and enjoy those, right? And then that's it. And the same thing with social media. You need to set some limits on it. You need to recognize it for what it is. And it's it's a relatively new thing in our society, right? We're still learning about it and learning about its positive and negative aspects. And I think people need to be a bit more sophisticated in consuming this digital stuff because it has a direct impact on how you feel about yourself. 
um, and and a lot of times it, it seeps in it, it, it slowly and and you don't even realize it's happening. Have a balance in your life, you know. Make sure that you have healthy social relationships, and you know, by definition, you know, social media it's it's not entirely real, right? It's just it's just not. That's that's the reality. The book is the power of agency: the seven principles to conquer obstacles, make effective decisions, and create a life on your own terms. If you'd like to get more information about Dr. Napper and his work, you can visit powerofagency.com. Dr. Napper, thank you so much for joining us and for teaching us about the power of agency and how it can help us regain control of our lives and create the life that we want to live. Well, thanks for having me on, Joan, and, and congratulations on your show. Just You do great stuff and, and help lots and lots of people. So thanks again for having me on. This is Conversations with Joan. Until next time, thanks for tuning in.